Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. Public school funding is a complex equation. Public schools operate under constrained budgets, and there are mandated expenses faced by the school districts that create extra challenges in a school's ability to support existing and particularly new programs. This can be where an education foundation comes into the equation. An education foundation's role is to supplement or complement programs provided by the school district, operating as a private, nonprofit organization and qualifying as a charitable organization. For today's episode, we're talking with Jean Hormel, who is the president of the Warrior Run Education Foundation. Welcome, Jean. Thank you. Nice to be here. So let's jump into some of the thinking that went into the starting up phase of Warrior Run Education Foundation, which is affiliated with the Warrior Run School District, correct? Right. Uh, The Warrior Run School District is a district of about 1,500 total students. It's located in uh, central Pennsylvania, uh, near Interstate 80 and Route 15 between Williamsport and Lewisburg. We are a rural district. And uh, the catalyst for the startup of this foundation was exactly as you mentioned in your intro, the lack or the decrease of state funding for schools. Okay. And so how long has Warrior Run been in existence as a foundation? It's been seeking funds and granting for about six years. There were two years before that uh, where it was being put together. This really happened because a new superintendent came to Warrior Run who had started a foundation in South Williamsport. And uh, he saw that it provided additional monies to enhance the programs up there. So he brought the idea to Warrior Run when he became superintendent here. Uh, And at the same time, there was a group of young men who were interested in starting an alumni association. Uh, We didn't have one. We don't have one now. Mm -hmm. Or they were interested in helping out to do what they could. So this superintendent contacted them and parents and community people to see who would be willing to start a foundation. So for about two years, they worked uh, on getting that together, bylaws, and about the 2013-14 school year is the first year that they were able to, to grant some modest money. Great. Um, and you you kind of stepped through this. So the two-year sort of launch or startup phase, do you think that that's typical to create a well-grounded foundation? Should that be expected as sort of a typical time frame, do you think? It's hard for me to say because I was not involved at that time. As I came onto the board and became the president a couple of years ago, it seems like they had in place things that they needed. Of course, this foundation is not its own 501c3. At the beginning, it was not. And so they contracted with the Central Susquehanna Community Foundation of Berwick to account for our funds, to invest our money. So that part of it, they did not have to handle because they didn't feel like, you know, they had the funds to hire staff. And so this was a way to get started, but to be affiliated with a larger community organization that could provide services to us. Okay. And would you know, although I know you weren't involved at that stage, what were some of the objectives established for the foundation? Or maybe perhaps those objectives still carry on today? Yeah, I think they do. I think part of it was to provide funds for innovation to teachers. And so from the very beginning, they were giving innovation teacher grants, maybe just three $1,000 grants that first year or two. So they maybe gave out $3,000 or $4,000. At that time, there was a scholarship. There were scholarship monies within the district, but they weren't 
in an account that was uh, gaining interest. So those scholarship funds were moved under the jurisdiction of the foundation with, you know, the leadership of Central Susquehanna Community Foundation. So that became part of the foundation's money. So initially, I think it was had to do with getting as much gain as we could through getting interest and then being able to help through teacher grants. Okay. Now, your foundation, I understand, has a unique involvement that brings students into the picture. Can you tell me how that works and describe that? Right. Yes. This is called Youth in Philanthropy, and it involves establishing a high school chapter of students who are interested in learning about giving, and it's administered by Central Susquehanna Community Foundation, where we contract for our accounting help. And this year, I think there were uh, 10 schools, area schools, that participated in this, and probably there are going to be 12 or 13 next year. So it is growing. And what the Central Susquehanna Community Foundation does is provide several training sessions uh, and an awards day for these students to come and learn about nonprofits, learn about, you know, lots of kids don't know who funds their 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 uniforms for out of school sports or who funds this or that kids just absolutely and you know they don't pay attention to that it's some things those things just happen for them and uh, this is to teach them how nonprofits work and what they do for us uh, as youth as adults as other groups that have needs so it's just students from our school that form the chapter we have a uh, a staff a teacher who is their advisor, Mm -hmm. and uh, they go through the whole process of deciding what focus they want to have uh, for their particular grants. Their job is to eventually make the decisions to grant money to needy efforts. Mm -hmm. So they create an application, they do PR with the help of Central Susquehanna, out into the community, announcing these uh, uh, grant the, the grant application uh, time frame. They evaluate them. They decide where the money is going to go, and then uh, eventually, at the awards ceremony in May, the people that they're granting or the organizations that they're granting that money to come and are officially presented with with funds as a result of the students' decisions. The foundation, uh, our board, has nothing to do with that. We don't review that. That's left up to the students with the guidance, of course, of their faculty advisor and, you know, through the training that they get on those times when they meet together with Central Susquehanna Community Foundation. So originally, this was a $6,000 commitment that our foundation uh, signed on to, which meant $1,000 went to Central Susquehanna for the training and uh, those days. And then the the students were able to award $5,000. After two years of doing that, we realized we were putting more money into that than we were putting into teacher grants. So we lowered that money to our commitment of $4,500. So now our students are awarding $3,500. Okay. And and part of the reason is that most of the schools that are involved just get that money sort of given to those students from like the Berwick Health and Wellness Foundation, which became part of Central Susquehanna, has money for students and or for schools around Berwick so that they are funded by that. We did not have that advantage. So that was money that our foundation had to 
come up with. Okay. What has happened now is that our our students are actually starting to do some fundraising on their own with the goal of them raising $1,000 a year uh, from a couple fundraisers. So that's, uh, and we think that's a good idea. Our, our faculty advisor thinks it is because she said, I think they they understand that you, you know, nonprofits have to raise the money first before they're going to give it to you. So mm-hmm. uh, I think they've, uh, they're getting that idea that we just can't hand them that money to give. They, as we adults in the nonprofit world, we're out there trying to raise money to give away, and now they have to do the very same thing. Absolutely. So, um, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say absolutely. So they're learning from the sort of generating of funds all the way through the decision-making stages, all yeah. th- through to mm-hmm. the awarding of the funds. Right, and I think they they understand the dilemma sometimes when they've gotten maybe nine or ten applications, and they've had... Oh, in the first few years, they get about the $5,000, but still, it's it's difficult. They have to wrestle with that, just like the rest of us have to wrestle with. What are what are the the strongest needs, or uh, what would what's going to be uh, the most progress for a group if you give them money? So, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's a great program. I think it's run well by uh, Central Susquehanna Community Foundation. Probably a school could do it on their own, maybe, but. Uh, that's where we are now. Okay, great. You mentioned the students perhaps not having a sense of the funding needs or where some of the, you know, some of their uniforms or programs come from. Do you feel, moving that sort of topic over to the community at large, do you feel that the communities at large are aware of the funding needed in the school districts as far as sort of the general public? Do you think there's a great level of awareness there? Probably not. We all pay taxes, so we rely on those taxes to pay for our schools. But sure. I don't, you know, I don't know how much school boards project out to the community the the hard decisions that are made, um, or even school administrators. I mean, I'm trying to when I uh, go out into the public, I'm always trying to make the point of what foundations can do, mm-hmm. and I think we're getting beyond that. Uh, I pay my taxes argument because uh, if you read about foundations, they're just providing millions and millions of dollars around the country to schools. And, uh, you know, I'm in this rural district. We don't have a lot of uh, industry here. So mm-hmm. we have to we have to work pretty hard. We have to work maybe harder than some of the uh, urban areas or suburban areas uh, to get that idea across and, and to raise funds. Sure. How about the awareness around a foundation? Do you think the communities are sort of aware of the work of the foundation and and you mentioned and sort of part two to that is you mentioned that you're trying to get the word out when you're out in the community is there any other ways that you utilize to create awareness PR or a newsletter or anything like that sure we we uh, we've had a printed newsletter we do a digital newsletter we started with outreach to our warrior run Hall of Fame recipients mm-hmm. who have uh, connection, strong connection to the school and who have been honored. So we we try to use that connection to uh, pull up their heartstrings a little bit. We reach out to past Warrior Run staff. We reach out to alumni through the Facebook groups that uh, are associated with our district. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, we have a high school, the Warrior Run High School alumni group that has over 2,000 followers. So since I'm an alum, uh, I, I belong to that and I post all kinds of foundation news. Uh, I pull stuff off the Warrior Run School District page. Uh, We have our own foundation Facebook page with almost 800 followers. 
we connect with the district sports Facebook pages, and so we, we digitally we get out to as much as much as we can. Mm-hmm. We also instituted a, a district alumni survey, which connects our guidance department with people of particular vocations and gives the foundation of contact information. So this is, you know, this is a pretty lengthy, maybe a five-minute survey that we are encouraging Alana to Alana to on and fill out. We probably, we have a little over 500 alumni who have connected with us, and so we've been using their email addresses to reach out, give them, send them our digital newsletters, give them uh, information about our, our, our most recent campaign, we partner with other groups, too. We've been participating in uh, some school fairs. The last couple of years, we've partnered with a high school student council for a homecoming football game alumni outreach. They actually approached us about that. And so we um, we pass out proud Warrior Run grad stickers at the games. We mm-hmm. have drawings during the game. We take their pictures. We put them on our on the Facebook pages. So that's gone on for like three years, uh, and I think that's been something that has, you know, just connected us a little bit more with alumni than before. Yeah, it sounds like you do a lot of sort of cross communication across different groups, which I'm sure helps. You know, we're just trying to piggyback on that as much as we can. Yeah, you know? absolutely. We, you know, part of that is that since we don't, we don't have paid staff. We mm-hmm. we have a volunteer board. I'm a volunteer. And, you know, when you don't have somebody that gets up every day, five days a week, and is promoting your foundation or even part-time, mm-hmm. um, you really need to take advantage of ways to collaborate with other organizations So, because so, we don't have enough manpower or yeah. um, staff to, to organize events on our own uh, that we feel will, will be successful. So, right, right. But tapping, in, yeah, tapping into those other groups kind of gives you that extra reach. Right. So if there are school districts out there that do not have a foundation, they're looking to start one up, or they may feel that there could be a need for one, I'm sure there's always a need for one, but where there's a desire to start one up, what would be some top tips you'd offer up to those school districts? Well, of course you need district involvement. You need them uh, excited about you, your possible participation. On our board, we have the superintendent of schools. We have a school board rep. Uh, we have the district's, district programs administrator with us. We have uh, community people who know people. You know, mm-hmm. we've got some past staff and people who have been in the community a long time, a couple parents. We lean on alumni as much as we can to be on the board. Uh, you know, you really need anybody with fundraising or public relations experience with a heart for your district uh, to sort of pull things along. Our relationship with our district is excellent, uh, and I think that they realize that we are a big cheerleader for the district, and we pass along, as I said, information about uh, what's happening in the schools all the time, post a lot of pictures um, that aren't just foundation activities, but just we think the more broad spectrum of people who can be knowledgeable about what's happening in the schools, the more inclined they may be when we go out to them uh, in the future for funds. So, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, we're trying to uh, educate people. Okay. And so I think think that's that's part of uh, how to start a new foundation. I mean, we are independent, but we are so involved with the school district. So I guess maybe I even say we're, we're, you know, we're not as independent as some some foundations are going to be. We really rely on 
the, the goals of the school district, the, the needs that they identify, the ideas that are brought to us by staff. And uh, so we certainly want to collaborate with them uh, mm-hmm. as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And in the area of fundraising, um, have you had any events or any tactics that you've used that you thought were particularly successful? Yeah, I'll tell you about a couple of them. You know, being a relatively new foundation, we've only been sort of pulling money for the last five or six years, and we are rural, and I've given those reasons before. Um, but we've just completed our very first targeted fundraiser. This school year was the 60th anniversary of the opening of uh, our school district. It was a brand new jointure in 1958, okay. 59 school year. So we identified some needs through some conversa- conversations and also the athletic director coming to us and we set the goal of raising $60,000 for our 60th anniversary and we did it. Oh, so, awesome. Um, we have what we funded were uh, the upgrading of the sound system in the large auditorium where the high school musicals and graduation and everything is held, and um, fitness equipment in the school fitness center. So we spent thirty thousand dollars on each of those projects: thirty on the sound system, thirty on the school fitness center. That's phenomenal. And it was really accomplished. Yeah, it, it, we're we're proud of that. You know, for some foundations that would be not a big deal, but. Uh, being the first targeted fundraiser, I think we really got wonderful support. Support from district athletic and arts boosters clubs, um, alumni, some parents and staff, individuals in the community, some banks, a couple businesses, and the civic organizations. So we had about 99 gifts and uh, accomplished the 60. So we called it 60 for 60, uh, and we're proud that it it, it yeah, happened. That sounds like a nice effort. Yeah. Now we do we uh, EITC funds were also part of that success. So that that we rely on EITC funds uh, for projects for the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're improving every year in the in the support of warrior and staff. Uh, I speak to the staff uh, the first day of school every year, and we're being able to say that we're. You know, right now we probably have one-fourth of our professional staff supporting the foundation, and every year it's moving up a little bit more with more staff payroll deduction sign-ups. And, you know, we've used a couple ideas. One challenge was if we got uh, one-fourth of the professional staff to support with payroll deduction, we would give away a free personal day, which we've done just one year. The year before we tried that, we didn't get that far, so we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. One thing we participate in, have participated in for two years is uh, the Raise the Region campaign, which here is uh, administered by the First Community Foundation Partnership in Williamsport. And we've uh, been part of that for two years, and through those two years, we raised $12,000. Um, we gather that contact information, add them to our outreach database, and uh, that's been um, a good thing for us. Um, one more idea I want to pass along yeah, to people. Please. I'm part of the class of 1964, and when we had our 50th reunion, um, after some discussion, we decided to, a couple of us decided to challenge the class to raise $50,000 at the event of their 50th anniversary. And we did that also. We created an alumni legacy fund, which is an endowment fund that every year is able to give out at least $1,500 in an innovation teacher grant. Oh, great. So I'm, 
I'm, you know, you talk to people who have had their 50th reunion and they say, that's a great idea. I wish we would have thought of that. I'm just suggesting that at least that 50th reunion mm-hmm. with an organized outreach to every class that's coming up every year, having their 50-year reunion, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you could get to those people like two years ahead of the reunion and establish some kind of pattern that classes uh, start to give, uh, it would be great if it, it would become a habit and it really could make a lot of money. I mean, maybe nobody, maybe they're not going to make $50,000, but even if some class came up with $10,000 for mm-hmm. their 53 reunion, you know, it's, yeah. uh, It'd be a wonderful help. So uh, I'd I'd just like to challenge people out there to think about that. You know, you go out first to, uh, and and this was from a class of 124 people. Mm -hmm. And maybe we have 115 left. So you you go out and you find those first five or six people that might get $5,000 each. And then you go to your class and you say, we want to raise 50 and look at this. We've already got 30. Yeah. Can the rest of you, the other 95 of you or 100 of you, uh, come up with $20,000? So I think there's potential. Yeah, it's a great idea. great way for, you know, alum to give back to the school where they, you know, started out with their educational foundation. Yeah. So that's very cool. And, and, by that, and by that time, some people have that income mm-hmm. that they can uh, give to this. So... Uh, It's just an opportunity I don't think should be missed. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, I want to thank you, Jean, for being part of this discussion. I think it's going to be very helpful for other listeners that are at the various school districts who are either already in a foundation or looking to start one up. Thank you so much for making time to talk with us this morning. You're very welcome. Listeners, I encourage you to go to keyedradio.org for more information on today's podcast. This episode was sponsored in part by the ECG Group and Triangle Communications. This is Annette Stevenson saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.